Getting split Getting split ready. Getting split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Hey, it's Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant with another episode of Getting Split Ready from the Allstate Skyline Studios at WGN. And another fantastic guest. We've, we've been on a roll. Um, we have Sandra Crawford from Law Crawford PC. Uh, attorney's been practicing 29 years. But on top of that, former president of the CLII, we did another show about collaborative law. So everybody should know about that. Um, adjunct professor at Northwestern that teaches mediation to other professionals. And let's see, you've been mediation trained since 1994 mm -hmm. and is a committee head to the International Association of Collaborative Professionals. It's going to be in Chicago in September. The host committee, yeah. Host we're, committee. We're, gonna, we're hoping to, to entertain a thousand collaborative professionals from all over the world. And I just heard the other day we're going to have a large contingency from Japan because they just got trained um, last fall in oh, collaborative, cool. yeah. That's so, very cool. it, so it's we're it's it's an amazing. It's going to be an amazing event in October here. Fantastic! And you do collaborative. I do. You do mediation and yeah. grudgingly do. I know you came from a litigation background. I you still, grudgingly do litigation. I, I still do do litigation because I believe very much in the people, the process, the problem, and that's kind of if you look at it as a wheel, um, you have to put your toe in the water where the clients are, um, and some people just need other people to tell them what to do and if they can't mediate they can't collaborate um you know litigation is still the default that's where you go but unfortunately i mean i i'll be may 10th i'll be 29 years in practice so i, I did a lot of litigation for a very long time but i was very lucky in that early on i myself had done some um, mediation i was a client in mediation and then um, in 94, I was able to get mediation trained with the Center for Conflict Resolution here, which is a really a, a model, I think, for um, mediation programs around the world, um, pro bono mediation projects around the world. Um, so I was very lucky that I had a personal experience in, in mediation. Um, I got trained, and I went all the, the way to the train the trainer level there. And then in 2002, when Collaborative came here, it allowed me to use my um, litigation advocacy skills with my mediation skills because... I, I think it's safe to say all of our collaborative professionals in the Collaborative Law Institute, CLII, are mediation trained um, because that's the basis for the collaborative skills. But what we're here to talk about today, I understand, yes. is limited scope representation, limited scope. which is just another variant on, you know, I, I tell people it's like, I find, I, I'm not musical. My, my father was very, very musical. He played the accordion and the piano. But I say it's like when you, once you learn how to play the notes, you can play the symphony. So once you learn about um, alternate dispute resolution, which is collaborative mediation, arbitration, and you're well grounded in litigation, then you can play a different symphony. And that's what I think um, limited scope representation is. But that may be too high. Possibly. Uh, let's bring Possibly. it down. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we've kind of had um, some introductory podcasts on collaborative law. So people kind of are familiar with what that is. And if they're looking at or considering a divorce, now they're thinking, well, what is limited scope? What does that mean? How does that play into the picture? So the way I, I talk about it, and I was on the um, Illinois State Bar's Committee for Delivery of Legal Services, 
because there is a crisis in Illinois um, in upwards of like maybe, you know, I think more than half the, the, the counties in Illinois, there are about 70% of people who are self-representing. And some of it's not because they can't afford to hire lawyers. It's that they opt out. They choose not to. Okay. And that is, if you think about the court system, is a, a governmental agency. It's funded um, by, by our taxes, like very un elemental here. Um, and you have people coming to the courthouses not ready, not prepared. That just puts a strain on the system. But the trend, in and, and it's a nationwide trend of self-representation where people just show up at the courthouse and expect the court... With, with absolutely no preparation. No. They just show up. They expect the court personnel um, to guide them. They expect the j judge to maybe give them some advice. And judges are, under the, the judicial code, are prohibited from giving advice. Um, clerks in the court, I mean, they can be sanctioned. They can be... Uh, um, they can lose their job for giving advice. So it's it just the system has gotten a little bit out of whack. But um, they, you know, the push is, I mean, this is really an access to justice issue because you have people showing up at the courthouse expecting to get service, expecting somebody to tell them stuff. You have judges and clerks in the courthouse saying, we are prohibited from giving you information. And then that just causes a lot of distress um, on the system. And I mean, you know, I don't want to bring politics into it, but we had um, in Illinois, I mean, we had a state that didn't have a budget for several years. And the state courts are, 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 you know, funded by, by taxes. They're county courts, so they're funded by budgets. And a lot of the, the staff in the courts were, you know, downsized, especially now in the era of digitalizing everything. So the resource, I mean, it's just a systematic problem. But what I would want to, to put out on the airwaves at lovely WGN, and thank you for inviting me, um, is that let's stop admiring the problem. Let's do something about it. Because I think when we get, and I'll say this of my professional lawyers, we um, tend to admire the problem <laughs> because we're, 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 we're trained to be awfulizers. We like work, work in less, you know, um, worst case scenarios. So we do. Um, you know, it's that we admire the problem a lot, and I think with collaborative and mediation training and any of the alternative dispute resolution models, ADR models, um, do is, you know, the problem is going to be there. The people are going to be there. The process is going to be there. Let's keep that all in motion so that we're not just stuck in glamorizing the problem. Um, when you're talking about people self-representing, mm -hmm. I think we're seeing... Uh, DIY in, in a lot of different things, right? Generationally, I think Gen X, I think millennials tend to mm -hmm. DIY stuff. There's more information. They can go to YouTube and figure stuff out. Is the self-representation, is it more need or is it desire or what is it really tied to? No, I don't. I, I actually, I, I think the studies, and I mean, the, the, there's a com, uh, courts commission on professionalism now. I mean, I don't think the studies are tied to, it's, be, it's not because people don't have money. Is, I mean, I... <laughs> I explained to people, when I got out of law school, my first paper I typed on a manual typewriter. I wasn't even, I didn't have enough money for a Selectric. Like, I didn't have that, like, backspace. And I had this thing, it was an eraser, it was this pink eraser, like, with a brush on the end of it. So, I mean, we have, in the last 30 years, gone through this, like, you know, evolution. And now people can go on the Internet and... Google divorce. What do I need to do to get ready for my divorce? And, and actually, I would say the court, court systems have now, like at least in, in Cook County, where things are digitalized, they're trying to make the, the system more user-friendly, um, there's forms online.
But if it was that easy to put your information into the system and have it spit out the answer, right? It's very complex. So I think there's, there's, there's a lot of things, but it's not necessarily because people can't afford it. I think they just, they, they you know, they, it, it, people are complex, so it's very unique, and I, I, I wouldn't opine about, like, why people do what they do. I will just say the trend is self-representation is there. I think the, um, from the, the um, lawyer's perspective, we need to change as a profession too. Um, limited scope representation is just a way, another way of offering services. It's meeting the people where their need is, the people to process the problem again, you know, going to the people as opposed to sitting in your ivory tower and saying, this is how I provide services. Does that, does that, it does. Does that make you sense? Know, there is a wealth of information out there at our fingertips. Yeah. We can also all self-diagnose on WebMD. <laughs> yeah. Will we get to the right yeah. diagnoses? Yeah. Maybe. Mm -hmm. If it's, you know, something that's simple. Maybe not if it's more complex. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, I think, the same with, you know, pro se legal services. Yeah. If they don't have any assets, if they don't have children, if they don't have any debt, if they're amicable, if like, all of the stars align, yeah. then it can be, well, and they're not in Cook County because pro se in Cook County is really hard too, but they can do it. But part of our website is to help people figure out if they need help, where do they need help? Do they need a financial professional? Do they need an attorney? Mm -hmm. Do they need a collaborative attorney? Do they need a coach? Where do they start? Yeah. So when they're looking at this puzzle and putting in the pieces and figuring out what pieces they're missing, mm -hmm. how does unbundled or... Uh, I think everybody, everybody um, needs, even if it's, you know, you say in your mind, this is the simplest divorce ever, you know, we were married for a day. Everybody needs that legal information, right? What liability attached? What, what, what did you get yourself into? Because marriage is a contract, Correct. right? You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of obligations that attach once you sign, once you get that license and you do the vows, lots of obligations. So everybody needs a consultation. Not everybody needs full scope representation. And I think, um, and I'll speak for, for, for myself, I think, you know, early on in my uh, career, it was like people would come in and you felt like you had to manage all of their distress, not just the very specific legal issue because there's this concern for liability and am I seeing everything and am I assessing every worst case scenario. Um, I think having mediation training very early on in my career, and now I teach mediation to other professionals, um, you don't have to, and, and also I will say cross-training, when I started with the Collaborative uh, um, Institute, the, the CLII, cross-training with mental health professionals made me much more mentally health, healthy, <laughs> um, but they, I, I will say, and we all, as a group, we all, we all have our own issues. Um, I'm not dogging attorneys, I never would. Um, but it's just, you know, it's a legal issue. It's a, um, marriage is a legal status. If you're changing a legal status, you need to have legal advice. But do I need to pay, put down a $5,000 retainer to get, you know, 10 minutes of legal advice? No. So what if, and I get this sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, two people have come to pretty much an agreement on what they think is everything. Mm -hmm. And they've kind of written it out. Mm -hmm. They've kind of figured out what they want to do for a parenting plan. And then they don't know what to do from there. Is that where limited scope could come in and help them finish the race, so to speak? Yeah, but they cannot. So here's the, the very unique thing about family law. They cannot be represented by one attorney. 
because there's an inherent conflict of interest. Now, one of them, so I often say you cannot, you know, ethically, for, for lawyers, it's an ethical dilemma. I can't represent both parties, but I have often been the only attorney in a divorce. And I have to be very clear about my relationship with the other party. And there's a, a referral service in town, and I, I think they just like, I'm the only one under their limited scope representation because I was very comfortable with it because I, I, early on I would preach preventative law. Like there is such a thing as preventative law, right? If you get your advice up front, then you know what to do. People don't. It's like not taking your vitamins, not doing your exercise. You know, the worst place to be when you're sick is in a hospital. The worst place to be when you're in conflict is a courthouse because mm -hmm. it will suck you in. Your conflict will grow. Um, so people having, not being afraid to get legal advice. My experience is people are like, oh my God, I don't want my mother's divorce or my grandmother's divorce or my father's divorce. And they're very afraid of getting legal advice. But you do, you're changing a legal status. So you do need at least uh, to have a consultation. So we talk about having an attorney in place, if not in play, right? Mm -hmm. So, so it's, like yeah. Well, I mean, that's not me. I mean, that's right. been around for a very long time within the alternative dispute. We'll give you credit, though. Thank yeah, you. you I appreciate credit for it. Uh, thank you very much. Well, to this audience. No, but it really is. It's, it, it's demystifying legal advice. It's demystifying, you know, it's, it, you know, I think it comes off as, you know, attorneys are scary. It's a scary place to be. You know, I think any professional, because it's usually you don't want to be there. If I'm in the, you know, the, the, the doctor's office getting a diagnosis of cancer, I don't want to be there. If I'm in a lawyer's office talking about divorce, I pretty much don't want to be there, right? We've mentioned this before, but especially for a lot of people, their first exposure to the legal system mm -hmm. is the divorce process. Yeah. So imagine never going to the doctor for mm -hmm. any kind of checkup, and then you're going in for cancer yeah. treatment. It's yeah. kind of the same thing. So that's why I think some of the apprehension is there. How do we help them realize that it's not as... Bonding I think by, by telling them that you can get legal services in bite-sized ch chunks, right? You don't have to buy the 50-pound the bag of rice. If you only want a cup of rice, you can go <laughs> into, you know, the Whole Foods and just, you know, uh, you know, sir, you know spoon out whatever you need. Um, I think, you know, traditionally the law has, because we're, you know, in a, a position of power, but um, I think economics have changed the business of the law, um, definitely technology. I mean, I often have clients who come in and they like will cite, you know, you know, verse and rhyme. And I'm like, oh, my God, like you, you like really studied this thing. Um, I think for me, watching over my career, now I'm 30 years in, um, you know, Google is, it can be powerful because people are more uh, um, aware of their rights. But it also can also be very fear inducing because you, get, you know law is about protecting from the worst case scenario making sure that you're making sound decisions making sure that there's not a conflict of interest between attorneys like because we are in a position of power and I think the word has to go out and I've just recently like you know heard this again oh collaborative is where one attorney can represent both people no absolutely not there is no scenario in which one attorney and represent both parties, although I'm often the only attorney in a case under a limited scope representation agreement, but that's about education, right? In those cases, though, because you're a mediator as well. 
Yeah, well, that's able, different. That's if someone very... comes to you, though, and wants legal representation, and, and it looks like it could go the mediation way, can you can you work with them to take on the mediation role as opposed to the attorney? I, so I have to be very careful. In a, in a mediative role, you're neutral. So I, it, it is also, and I'm also very much, you know, I'm in, in, in charge of that information. But no, you can't because a mediator, you're, you're a neutral third party. So, so you, you can't have to transform act. your role. No, okay. no, 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 no. And I, I mean, there's a lot of, because mediation is not a regulated profession in um in Illinois, some states have certifications, but there's there's a lot of controversy about that. Um, but no, you can't transition from being a neutral into representing one party. It's that's just. Well, that. I meant to actually even the other way around. Could you go from if you were representing, representing a party one... to no, because you lose your neutrality. I mean, I'm very protective of uh, of my neutrality. And now, as I said, I, I've had a lot of times to think about this because I actually teach it. So the, the way to know it better is to actually step in and try to explain it to people. Because your power as a neutral when you're, you're mediating is to make sure that both parties are being heard. There's no, there's no power except what the, the, the parties vest in you. And I mean, I think that's, Doug, you know, that may be a whole other, like, strain that you might want to pursue is what is mediation, how, what's the philosophy behind it, um, what's the innovation? There's a ton of innovation going on right now. And in fact, today there was a, a request that um, the mediation community come together and ask for a declaration from the U.S. government of that mediation is the preferred way to proceed in family cases, at least before they go to litigation, because litigation is so destructive. So there's, it's a really dynamic area. But no, you can't, you can't jump roles. You can't switch hats. And who, like, the, the, well, who would know? I would know, right? You know, <laughs> no, so there's an absolutely. integrity to it. There's a, because otherwise you, you have people at risk because you're dealing with a population, you know, you're, you're not in a very good place financially, emotionally, legally. When you're getting divorced, you're very vulnerable. And I think, you know, at least I don't. I mean, my commitment day to day is not to take it to advantage of anybody who's, who's vulnerable, right? I mean, I think this your your guests tonight have been talking about Absolutely. that one in one way or another. Absolutely, I think that's the general um, thought behind a lot of what we do is that when people are in this crisis mode, mm -hmm. where do they find good information? Where do they find good people to help guide them through it? Well, they can find it on the internet, but I would just say that's the start. <laughs> it is not the end. Are you saying everything on the internet isn't completely accurate and true? <laughs> no, it's just a, it's just a lot. Of, it's just a lot of information. So I That's mean, you can go too. on the internet and get recipes, but if you use all the ingredients from all the recipes, <laughs> you're going to end up with something that you can't. That's not edible, right? Correct. You know, you can't just draw from everything. I think you have to be discriminated. It's it, it's now the place that people start. So that's the process. People start there. But I think what you know, what are the problems they're solving for, and what's well, how we as professionals can step in and how uh, uh, the legal professional ha um, has to evolve, the legal profession has to evolve and I will say I'm very heavily involved in the Illinois State Bar and we are tackling those issues and in Illinois the um, Supreme Court Commission is tackling those issues. There's a, a program here in May, I think it's May 16th, um, the future of the profession and we are dealing with that because what worked in the land of Lincoln doesn't work, you know, in the time of Lincoln, doesn't work now in the land of Lincoln. But Lincoln did say, you know, 
don't litigate, resolve your disputes. I mean, this is a very, from the time of, you know, Honest Abe, it's a very, um, I think, ADR-friendly alternative dispute. He said, take it out of the court. You, there's a famous quote, I wish I had it off the top of my head, I don't, but about, like, you'll save yourself time and money, and there'll still be business enough for, for all. And he was mentoring a, a young lawyer. So I, th I, I do think, when I teach this stuff, I talk about Lincoln's advice to young lawyers. Interesting. Yeah. If somebody wants to pursue limited scope representation mm -hmm. on Bundled, what's a good way to know what they can and can't do? I mean, I look at myself, if I'm doing something on the house, you know, there's certain things I'm not allowed to, I'm not allowed to mess with electrical, as an example. Like, that's off limits based on what my <laughs> wife tells me. They license what? professionals to do exactly. that. <laughs> no, well, no, but yeah. it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. I've got a really good friend who just redid his kitchen, and, you know, there were certain things that he left to the professionals because the outcome... Mm -hmm. If you do it wrong, you burn your house down, you flood your kitchen, and you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're kind of back yeah. at square one, if not worse. What's a good way for someone to determine, in a limited scope situation, what they can do themselves and what they should be using a professional for? It's to get the advice early, up front. Make sure that the, the professional, the lawyer, is telling you, like, the 360, the balcony, like, that the, the, the professional is telling you the view from the balcony. This can happen, this can happen, this can happen. Yay, you can do something yourself. You can. It used to be that you could walk over to the courthouse, stand in line, and file your petition. Last year, they went online, and even, like, you know, professionals like my assistant who's been <laughs> practicing, you know, um, helping lawyers for 30 years is struggling. So it's, it, you know, get the advice up front. Make the assessment of what you're going to be capable of doing at a time when you're very vulnerable, right? Do you have the time to take off from your work and go sit in the clerk's office for two hours to file, you know, a paper? Are you going to get very frustrated when you arrive at a courtroom when you think, you know, you've gone to the library, the librarian has handed you the form and you filled out, and then you get to the courtroom and the clerk goes, well, the judge is not here today, or yeah. no, I'm not going to let you get in front of the judge because you don't have this piece of paper. That can be very, very frustrating. So it's the... What's your time worth? Um, so just at the very least, and if you, can, if you truly cannot afford, and I think that issue is kind of, you know, we, we talk in terms in the collaborative process and in mediation. When I mediate cases, I ask people, you know, you had a budget for your wedding. Even if it was just for the flowers and the license and, and the rings. You know, have you thought about what's your budget for your divorce? You know, um, would you, maybe you weren't the type of people who had a, a wedding planner, but... You might have been the type, you know, that, that, you know, went to and stood in line and got information about the rings or sat with the jeweler. So it's kind of get information. And most attorneys, I will say, will do some kind of initial free consultation. Um, if you really can't afford, there's some wonderful programs in town, like the Justice Entrepreneur Project, which is run out of this uh, um, CB, um, the Chicago Bar Foundation runs it. Um, so there's resources there, but make sure that you're getting good advice because at the end of the day, each family is very unique. No matter, like, my family could have, you know, husband, wife, two kids. Your family can have a husband, wife, two kids. But it's not the same makeup, right? No. We all come from a very different perspective. So getting good targeted advice and knowing, I think this is the thing that this thought I'd like to leave um, your audience with is, knowing that you can exercise control. You can say to an attorney, no, I just want to buy 
an hour of your time, and, and that's all we sell as attorneys. Lincoln said that. That's all you have is your time to sell and your knowledge. Um, but, you know, I want an hour of your time. I want to sit down. I want to be very purposeful and meaningful, and I want to run through some questions. There's some great uh, um, resources out there I recommend. I, I don't know if this is promotion, but I tell my clients all the time. There's an um, a online magazine called divorcemagazine.com. Just make sure you're under Illinois when you're on that site that has very well written articles by lawyers, judges, um, frequently asked questions that are just very user friendly. So there's resources out there and don't be afraid when you call a professional, when you call a lawyer's office to ask, you know, I, I really want to do this. I want to do it cost consciously. I want to know what the process is. I want to know what I'm signing up for. And here's my budget, and this is all I can afford. And that's what limited scope representation, and, and limited scope representation isn't a new thing. Under the, the Code of Professional Responsibility, we've been able to do that for years. Um, collaborative law is just one very, very uh, um, well-defined uh, um, limited scope representation model. Um, so I think I was comfortable with limited scope representation because I've practiced collaborative law since it came here in 2002. Um, but just, I want to empower people to, you know, if, and if an attorney says, I'm not going to do that, then that's not the attorney for you. Right. I keep asking, will you see me? Can I have a, an hour of your time? And then also be very prepared. Don't come in expecting your lawyer to be your counselor, being your, your shoulder to cry on. So get limited prepared. scope representation should be limited expectations as well. Expect yes, the right exactly. thing, you'll get the good outcome. Exactly. I think you gave us a good way to frame that in that when we're planning our wedding, most people have a budget. Yeah. Whether it's $10, $10,000, or $100,000, you have a budget. And you have to decide where you want that money to go. So do I want my money to go to a financial person to help us really unravel all of this and not as much to lawyers? Do I want it to go to a collaborative process so that we can walk out of this knowing that we crafted our own you know, settlement agreement and we can stick to it. Where do we want to spend our dollars? Because that's really what you're deciding as yeah. you go through this process. I think that's a really good way to frame it. Well, it's your process, right? You know, it your, is your divorce is very unique. It's about you. It's about your family. It's about your future. The unfortunate part, and I did litigation for many years, so I say when I train, I know from the heart of darkness I've been there. I can tell you like trials that went on for months um, and I won't dog the system about that because I'm, I'm, you know, licensed to practice law. I'm sworn to uphold the, the Constitution and, and, you know, not bring the, the judiciary into disrepute. Um, but when you leave your process to someone else, you are going to, to, to end up with their result, not with your result. And if you really want to have self-determination is a big um, concept in any of the ADR, alternative dispute resolution, um, mediation, collaboration, peace circle, restorative justice, arbitration, although arbitration is more, is closer on the mm -hmm. spectrum to, to litigation, but even then, um, so self-determination. If you are the type of person, if you are a client who wants to control your own outcome, then just ask, does the attorney, whoever you're consulting with, just ask them, do they do limited scope representation, have they been trained in mediation, what exposure do they have to collaboration? And that'll tell you whether they're a professional who's, you know, who's exposed to these things and are willing to say, you know, one size does not fit all, because it doesn't. 
in family law, it doesn't because each family are unique. <clears throat> well, you, you mentioned earlier that time, your time is what you got. This. I cannot tell you how much we appreciate your time. Thank you. This has been Getting Split Ready. We had great guests tonight, Sandra Crawford, talking about limited scope representation and some great tips on if you're looking at limited scope representation, how to find the right attorney and how to go down that path. We want to thank you for joining us and listening to the Getting Split Ready podcast and remind you that we are here to help you get through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and hopefully some sanity intact. If you or someone you know is considering or going through a divorce, please go to our website at www.splitready.com. Take the assessment to find out if you are split ready. Thanks.